Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter, and then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hello, Rewinders. Welcome to episode 50 of Podcast Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Amy Randolph, and across from me in our little podcast nook is Erica Jarvis. Hey, E. Hey, A. How are you? I'm doing better now. (laughs) And why are you doing better? um, I started on Drink of the Week a little prior to the show, so I, you know, I needed to de-stress. Yeah. And calm the headache that was burrowing in the front lobes of my brain. Kind of like greasing the wheels. A little bit, yeah, to get ready for this podcast tonight. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. We're a day late, but not a dollar short. Never a dollar short. You know why? Because this podcast is free. Hey, yo. You are welcome. Hopefully you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google, subscribed, dropping Mm -hmm. a five-star rate and review. That would help us maybe stay more on time because then maybe someone would pay us for this shit. (laughs) You know what we just happy to be here. You know what we didn't mention last week when we talked about incels, which was dark, and I think one of the reasons you and I needed like an extra extra day day because our brains had gone to a very dark, sad place, but what we didn't mention is that these incel creepers had ads. Yeah. No, like, okay. No, I can't talk about it. <laughs> but I'm just still it's like disturbing. It's so disturbing and just like, oh man. Yeah, but there were ads for and look, I'm not dishing on country music. I like country music. Same. But it was like this one that I mentioned kept having country music festival ads as the pop-up and then definitely like NRA, like deep yeah. right Republican bullshit in the back. So they're not the kind of ads that are going to go for this podcast anyway. We're more of like a Thrive Market kind of <laughs> yeah, podcast. Exactly. We want to be able to mattress. transfer mattress. We want to give you a code, let you get $60 <laughs> off your groceries at Thrive Market. That's the kind of stuff we're shooting for. Exactly. And, you know, we have said since we've started this show, there's room in the market for everybody. Yes. We're not in competition with other podcasts. Um, that is in no way a support of the Incel <laughs> podcast. I'm just saying there's there's grub out there for everyone. There's grub out there for everybody. But for us tonight, like you said, in the podcast nook, there's something way more important than grub. And that is drinks. Drinks. Cheers. Cheers. Drink of the week. Amy, you already mentioned you started. What are we having? I'm going great taste, less filling this week <laughs> with a Miller Lite. <laughs> Far be it for me to not give them their ad due. <laughs> right. Um, I'm having a cab salve from, I believe the pronunciation is Castillo Diablo. Little Italian? I don't think so. <laughs> Spanish? The border. I think it's somewhere in South America. Like Oh, like Argentina. Argentina, Chile. <laughs> I don't know. We won't do that again. We're, We're really sorry. Such so white offensive. Girls. So white, so white. Our bads. But okay. speaking of white girls and being basic, like, are you like totally obsessed with anything this week? Are you like totally obsessed? What you obsessed with? Um, I've mentioned this author on our show before. 
I just finished another Audible book by B.A. Paris. Uh-huh. And he writes, like, fucked up mindfuck shit. So up your alley. So very much like Gone Girl, which is a book that we both oh. love. So devoured. Uh, uh, so he has, I think, three books out, and I just finished the third. I've listened to all three on Audible, and the actors that they get are fantastic. Um, but this book was called Bring Me Back, and it was even more gone girly than other books that I've listened to because it does that whole thing with it's got three parts, and part one is the setup. You think you're going a certain direction, yep. and then all of a sudden part two something entirely different is introduced uh-huh. and you've got the two layers going on at the same time. And then in part three, both parties kind of figure out what's going on. And it's just this like tension build up. And then yeah. finally it's just, it's, it would, I haven't listened to a book on tape in quite a while because I'm so obsessed with podcasts yeah. and especially with this show. I have duties uh-huh. for the podcast to be listening, but I took a break and really, um, Gave myself a treat with this Audible book and super obsessed with it. I think about it still, like, all the time. Oh, it's my favorite one. Like, a book or a movie or a TV show, like, days later, I'm like, oh, yes. When it just sits, sits with, with you. you and it doesn't let you go and you're just like, yes, I love this. Like, you kind of keep going back, like, do I want to reread it already? Like, I know I'm going to go back to it one day, but, like, when? Right. And I'm purposely not giving any details because I want people to listen to it. Is it one of those books you think that could be turned into a movie? Um, yeah, I do. I would not say that for the first two books because they're kind of, well, the first one's dark as shit. The second one, maybe, but I think out of the three I've listened to from him now, this is my favorite. Well, it's exactly like with Gillian Flynn. Like, Gone Girl is her third book. Right. It's almost like she honed in and got better and better. Mm -hmm. So. And I know they're popular books. I've seen them in, like, softcover at Target. Oh, okay. So, maybe. With that 20% off, like, perma sticker. Yeah, the Target sticker. Yeah, the Target sticker. In the corner. So funny. Well, I mean, while you are obsessed with books, I'm obsessed with something else that begins with B. What's that? Botox and bubbles. Yeah. So last week we got invited to our awesome friend April's salon, Salon Pontempo, here in Orlando. And she was hosting a Botox and bubbles party. And you and I have discussed and toyed around the idea of maybe getting rid of a fine line or two. But most importantly, wanted to go and support April and see other people get Botoxed. I was fucking obsessed I was like, with watching other people yes. get that shit injected Cheese in their faces. Cheese and crackers, champagne in my face, and I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But can like you put another needle in that person's head? It was <laughs> so interesting to watch. They were trying to get us to do it. We were like, we just, we're first timers. We've never seen anybody get Botox before. Like, we're just going to sit back, and we're just going to have a drink with April. And yes. we left. We see her so frequently, mm-hmm. you know, every six to eight to 12 weeks, but we don't see her together. That was interesting, and I mentioned it to April, and she was like, oh, yeah. She was. She said something, and I said, well, this is different and weird because all three of us are in the uh-huh. same room, and that's only happened twice before. Yeah. We grabbed a random happy hour, and then we both attended her baby shower. Yeah, so it was just so great to be there to support her. It was a really successful event. Women were trickling in all night, getting some champagne and some Botox, but most importantly, mm-hmm. you and I won the raffle. <laughs> And we got some really great goodies out of it. I'm really glad that you won the raffle, but look, I had (laughs) no worries that I was going to. And why is that? Here you go, Rewinders. Here's a fun fact about Amy. 
I win raffles. <laughs> I don't win the lottery. Nope. And I don't win at like strategic sort of games in any way, uh-huh. like trivia. But for whatever reason, my whole life, I have been blessed. If there is a raffle ticket going into a drawing for a prize, I win. And I usually win big. Like, I usually win the top prize. And I have gone to events before and been like, oh, wow, that's a great prize. I can't wait to take it home. (laughs) And people around me are like, don't be a fucking asshole. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, God gave me this one thing. You're like the guy playing pool that's like eight ball corner pocket. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But I don't have to think about it. I'm just like, thank you for the winning ticket. I always win raffles. It's so funny. We were at a party once and there was a raffle. And you were like, oh, I'm going to win. I'm just really good at raffles. And I was like impossible to be quote-unquote good at raffles and you're like no 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 watch and then you won (laughs) what did I win that time oh I think funnily enough I believe we were at some MLM party and everyone was winning like parties because that's not a win by the way but you were like I'm gonna win a piece of jewelry and take it home I'm not gonna buy anything I'm gonna come I'm gonna eat food drink free drinks and I'm gonna take home a free prize thank Mm -hmm. you for having me and that's exactly what happened I have won a recliner (laughs) I have won a grill yeah I won jewelry. Did you win wine? Uh, yes, I did win some really nice wine. So that was the time. So, okay, another bomb reminder <laughs> is I was married before. <laughs> yeah, you were. And I was with my exes, my in-laws, my ex-in-laws at like a really nice mm-hmm. like tasting dinner they took us to. And there was a winery sponsoring it and they had a giveaway. And I said out loud at the table, oh, I can't wait to win that bottle. My <laughs> husband and I will really enjoy it. And like all my in-laws and I went to the table were like, what's with her? And sure shit, I won it. I won the top prize. <laughs> yeah, you did. But anyway, we got a great goodie bag from April awesome. at Salon Bon Tempo. I was so excited. We joked that when you inevitably won that we'd have to split the bag. <laughs> so I too am glad that we got to share it. And we told her... This might be our obsession of the week, so I had to call it out. So thank you so much, for April, for having us. But I will say real quickly before we get into the meat of the show, yes. I'm also slightly obsessed with, and I just figured this out like yesterday, mm-hmm. listening to podcasts at a faster speed. You don't have to listen to us at the same speed. You can decide to hear us at 1.5 or maybe 2. Uh huh. We tried it last night, and we found out your Michigan accent when we are on a higher speed is it. It's there. It's strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know I talk like this from, but I I, I grew up my whole life, eh, talking like I'm from Michigan because I am. Uh And I've moved to Florida. (laughs) It's been 12 years. Mm -hmm. I was made fun of enough. I trained myself to beat it out of you is what you're saying. Well, we thought, but if you speed me up to (laughs) one and a half times my normal rate of speaking, I'm Amber Atkins, and I'm a proud American. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm surprised there's no, like, New York accent that pops out when you speed me up. But Man. I mean, I maybe it's because well, I have just Island. seen my mom recently. Maybe. And hers is so strong. But, whoa. It was hilarious. You all want to get all speed us up. I sound completely <laughs> different. So good. I guess I have more work to do in my next 12 years <laughs> to eradicate that nasal sound. We will continue to beat it out of you. Don't you worry. Oh, ow. Not like rubbing. Oh, okay. All right. Um, okay. So we went so dark so last dark. week down our incel so journey. Sorry. And we needed to cleanse our palates this week. We thought, like, what was, like, a good sorbet? What is something that we could do that would be fun and exciting and topical? And obviously, only one thing came to our mind. Britney Jean Spears. Versus 
Justin, who gives a shit, Timberlake. Trash Timberlake. <laughs> all right, so, um, look, we all know the Britney and Justin story. Yeah. We'll, we'll recap it a little bit if there's a rewinder out there that lives under a rock. Mm-hmm. But I think we should first off say that you and I have been Justin Timberlake fans the past few years. I really think I clicked into him when he was guest starring so often and then hosting Saturday Night Live. And had an opinion that, like, wow, this guy, you know, he started acting in movies. He was good in The Social Network. What was that? Was that the movie? The Facebook yeah, movie? The yeah, The Social Network. He did good. And then I, I just, um, as of recently and especially after research, I have a different opinion. Yeah, and I will say I am very much that girl who is the perfect age for the teeny bopper boy band years. I know you didn't click into the boy bands as much as I did. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been to Hanson. I've been to 98 Degrees. I've seen NSYNC. I've seen Backstreet Boys. I've seen New Kids. I've seen Boys to Men. Because, I mean, you literally... No, I've seen you three can, out of five of those. You can throw a rock and hit God. Boys to Men in Orlando. Fun fact. <laughs> but, like... I was always into these guys and so loved Justin Timberlake. I mean, honestly, it was way more of a J.C. Chazé kind of guy. <laughs> kind of girl. girl? <laughs> I'll get to that later. Um, yeah, no, kind of gal. Thank now. you. Kind of gal. Um, especially because, like, you know, we live here in Orlando. Lake Buena Vista is the home of the Mickey Mouse Club. And yes. I was... Just, like, there's no way I'm not going to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. Like, this is what I want. You want raffles. I wanted to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. I saw Justin and Brittany and everybody on the show. My dear neighbor, Christina Aguilera, was on the show. And I figured by proxy, I would get my leather jacket and Uh be a member. So I have been following Justin since he was a wee lad. Yeah. But, like you, in the last couple of years, I have fallen off the J train. Goodbye. Yeah. I um, am now officially convinced the man is trash. Yeah. A little bit of a psychopath. <laughs> it's a little bit of a psychopath. Definitely narcissist. Yes. And that, like, look, his music's not that good. Sexy Back was a great banger. Yeah. But um, if I hear Can't Stop the Feeling one more time. <laughs> You've hated that song with the passion of a thousand suns <sighs> since it debuted. And it was for a movie about trolls? We mean, what is happening that in conference rooms people are saying, like, you know what? A movie about trolls. Or another conference room down the hall is like, okay, guys, it's a dog. He has a blog. And the show is called Dog with a Blog. Wait for it. Dog with a Blog. I mean. I will say the kids love the trolls movie. They do. Brenda's five and seven-year-old love trolls. Yeah. Probably saw trolls, too. Um, not for my demographic. Mm-mm. Definitely okay. not. But like you said, we did a lot of research in the last couple of days about Brittany, Justin. We got some thoughts. We do. So this is officially our second celebrity check-in. Yep. Our first check-in was a few weeks back with Lindsay Lohan. She's a child star who went through some shit. And where is she now? Trying to, you know, kidnap children in Russia. <laughs> And so we're going to do it again this week with celebrity check-in number two, Brittany versus Justin. So do you want to take it back? Do you want to take it way, way back? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. So another podcast that informed us this week is one that we used when we talked about Lilo. Le Do You Remember This. Still such a great 
pod name. So fucking delightful. Uh Uh-huh. So she really gave us the late 90s, early 2000s nostalgia of Britney and Justin's coming to be. So obviously they were both cast on the Mickey Mouse Club early on. I was not. They were. (laughs) You were not. You were not part of the Ryan Gosling, Christina Aguilera, J.C. Chavez uh, sidekicks of the world. <laughs> Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell, yes. Yes, good call. Uh, but they began dating um, officially, I want to say, in 98. Yeah. And that's when she was, InSync uh, had just formed, and I think they were releasing their second album, and she was just releasing the Baby One More Time album from Self-Titled Britney was her first album, I think. No. No. Okay. I don't. Sorry, I don't. Remember, I just only know I that her, her third album is called Britney. Oh, okay. So the third, the first anyway. one was probably like "Hit Me, Baby." <laughs> one more time. <laughs> just things you can't say. Now. I know. Um, so oh, the you, first album was called "Baby One More Time." There you go. Parentheses. Hit me, baby. <laughs> I so, think that's what it is. So the young lovers were obviously the it couple. Oh, one hundred percent. In Hollywood. We all had to suffer through the matching denim oh. crisis of the VMA circa 2000. So good. Um, on Lay Do, you remember this. Uh, the host actually pulls a lot of information from Brittany, Brittany's mom, Lynn Spears' book, uh, that was released in 2008. But she had lots of thoughts about Brittany and Justin's relationship. Yes. Um, so did you know they actually bought a house and moved in together in 2001? Which Lynn Spears was having none no. of. No. I think her virginal daughter. Oh yeah, Jamie Lynn wasn't knocked up yet. Nope. So she's, she still had hope for both of her daughters. But the relationship did dissolve in like late 2001, early yep. 2002. There were several tryebacks of getting back together. Ultimately, it didn't work out. And this is where Justin starts his bullshit. Yeah. So like they break up. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely talked about. I mean, we, this is the TRL era. You but, know what I mean? And so this is when these guys are on these shows with Carson Daly, like almost every other week. And you kind of know about their lives. We really started us getting obsessed with celebrities and who they're dating and like their personal lives. But also at this time, according to a BuzzFeed article that you and I have both read entitled Brilliantly, Dear Justin Timberlake, just fucking, fucking stop. stop. Where they talk about how much he's trolled Britney over the yes. years. So when their breakup became official is when he left NSYNC and started his solo career. And he was releasing his first single. And basically to promote himself, he started dragging Britney. Yeah. And so let me find what the first thing he ever said was. Oh, so like the U.S. Weekly Cup. Us Weekly. Us Sorry, <laughs> I know I do it all the time. It all started in 2002 when Justin Timberlake was trying to get away from that whole boy band ramen noodle hair thing. Yes. He had just broken up with the biggest pop star in the world, and boy, was this the perfect time for him to go solo. His first single, remember, Like I Love You? Anybody got a Wasn't doing so hot. It only peaked at number 11 on the billboard. So this is when all of a sudden all these magazines start posting um, covers about did she betray him and this is when I think he goes on Barbara Walters and Barbara because they had both made a big scene about oh we're both virgins Virgins. and Barbara had asked him if it's true and he said sure and then giggled like why do you have to be that way why do you have to be like that so I was listening to a podcast that was exactly around this time too it's called perfectly titled it's Britney bitch 
Love it. And so this is hosted by Brittany Stans, Bradley, <laughs> and T. Kyle. And every episode is one year in the life of Britney Spears. So I made sure to listen Brilliant. to 2001. Yes. And that's the time, like you mentioned, we're talking about. I mean, it was a big year for Britney. It was her third studio album, Britney. Because when she debuted Slave for You at the MTV VMAs, and it wasn't Sweet. like we'd you know seen a video or anything like that she truly debuted the full song mm-hmm. on that show we met banana the snake she danced <laughs> with the tiger in a cage i mean that like you said it's iconic like you just did the dance move like everybody knows the slave for you um video and song but that year also she performed at the super bowl with aerosmith and nsync mm-hmm. i mean it was like a full pepsi super bowl if you remember and so then, that was early in 2001 early when they were still together. Correct. It was super cute that they were on Absolutely. the Super Bowl halftime together. And so then it goes into, like, you know, she is in all these Pepsi commercials. I mean, it is right. Britney, bitch, all of the time. And then some rumors start to pop up that she cheated on Justin with their mutual choreographer, Wade Robson. Mm-hmm. And so this really starts in 2001, the trickle of Justin Timberlake and his never-ending quest to ruin Britney Spears and to continue to talk about her. Right. So it's 2000. It's not actually until 2006, I think, that um, Crimea River debuts. Or no, I'm sorry. What Goes Around debuts in 2006. Yes. But Crimea River came out a couple years later, and he couldn't have made it clearer that he was talking about how Britney had cheated on him, yep. and he was mad about it, and getting her back with this song. I think this is also around the time when he went on Howard Stern and just flat out said that he had had sex with her. Uh-huh. And then she had to respond in interviews with, I thought we trusted each other. Yeah. I thought that... Um, We were going to keep that to ourselves, but I guess some of us have careers Mm -hmm. that need to be um, solo careers to get off the ground. Yeah, that's a great way to put it because Brittany didn't talk about him. She did not. She was that perfect little southern girl from Louisiana Mm -hmm. and just really kept things to herself. And you never really heard her talk about him. Or she would say, like, kind things about him but never really address their breakups. Yeah, I mean, and he would veil the things that he said too because he would start it with oh we were in love we were just two peas in a pod we were going through the same thing so it blanket 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 and then he would spew some shit and like you mentioned um crimea river even in that video he had a clear britney spears look-alike in that video right just to say like oh hey world in case i didn't say it to you earlier and loudly enough i'm pretty sure she cheated on me and this is my revenge video exactly so also in Lay Do, you remember this. The host drags Justin Hard that now moving on in 2004 was Nipplegate mm-hmm. at the halftime show. And there's been a lot said and written about the differences in how Janet Jackson was punished for that moment and Justin Timberlake was. Yes, it was her nipple on the air, but Justin pulled down the, the thing, the bra. Yeah. And he's walked away from that, and her career has never been the same. And yeah. as she said on Lee Do You Remember This, like, this is only a few short years before he um, gleefully ruins Janet Jackson's career yes. with never a look back. From the kid who has idolized Michael Jackson, you thought it was appropriate to take down his sister? Right. Like, what is wrong with you? And funny, too, she mentions in Lee Do You Remember This that there are old videos of them at like birthday parties, like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse parties, and they're playing Janet Jackson songs. Yes. Just years later, how everything changed. And yes. So 
So we all know. So they break up. They eventually, they don't wind up back together. No. Britney's got, Britney has a hard time. Yeah. So Justin, I think, maintains a pretty strong pop star career there. And then he starts relaying himself as to being an actor. Britney, she's got it a little tougher. She, you know, she was, and I think we can blame Justin partly, scrutinized so difficultly in the media because she was labeled a cheater. Uh Uh-huh. She was young and, you know, she made some ill marriage decisions. (laughs) About two of them. Uh, Two of them. The second one, I think, was... uh, a little bit more troubling. Yeah. Obviously, we all know in and 2007, permanent. she had an absolute meltdown. We all know she shaved her head and she came with the paparazzi. She beat Kevin's car with an umbrella. We have to touch on it because it's part of the story, but shall we dwell? No. No. Because you know what? I don't care. I don't care. She has. I was more back. upset for her that. Unfortunately, her career derailed for a little bit because, like I mentioned, you know, her Slave for You um, video music awards performance was amazing. I think she had another one stronger. When she, like, remember she, like, came out in um, a men's suit, ripped it off, and she was in that, that naked bodysuit. The glitter like, bodysuit. Banging as fuck. And then the next time we see her on the VMAs, she's trying and attempting piece of me, like, after this whole you know, shaved head debacle when she was trying to get her career back up and running, and it took her a minute. Yeah, that was rough. What was the year, though, with Madonna and Christina, where they managed to, like, mean girl Christina Aguilera out because they made out, and then, I mean, Christina, or I'm sorry, Britney and Madonna making out at the VMAs was, like, the biggest thing we all talked about for a while. But the thing is, Christina did the same thing, but they cut away from her performance to show Justin and his reaction to Britney. That's what I mean, like... That Britney and Madonna didn't necessarily mean girl Christina. Oh, and TV out, totally. But did. the news was all that, yeah. and so like Christina was gyrating next to uh-huh. exactly. And you see Justin in the, like the clip of him, just like no expression, just like oh, if that's what you needed to do to like be popular. And it's like, don't you? He said, Listen, that. I don't like Madonna, but don't talk about Madonna and Christina like that. Like, sit down. He also had some quips around that time in interviews about how if she had any sort of you know, her own knowledge that she would never have done the movie Crossroads. Now, look, I saw it. I had a great time. It's a terrible film. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. But he was dating her at the time she was filming it. So you would think that he was supporting her, but but then he drags her for that, too, later on. Oh, yeah. I mean, meanwhile, she has said nothing about him yet. I think I was reading in the same article as you from BuzzFeed, he bitched about Crossroad, but he was in, like, Don't Mess with the Zohan or whatever, the terrible oh, I didn't remember movie. he was in Or, that. like, Love Guru or some really bad Mike Myers movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, something no one watched versus people still cult love Crossroads and go back and rewatch it. I don't, but I do know that there are a lot of people. I'm sure Danny Pellegrino has a deep dive into Crossroads and how it was an important milestone for Britney. Sidebar real quick. Yeah. In case you have not seen... Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino released a pop dive today. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. With Laura Marie Shaw. (laughs) As if I haven't finished it already, Amy. Okay, we'll talk about that later. My bad. I just wanted to make sure you knew. Oh, yeah. When they talked about Island in the Sun for like a solid 20 minutes, I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. I haven't mm -hmm, heard it yet. Agreed. I haven't heard it yet. Yes. Amazing. I then also went into a very deep vortex into like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen on Instagram. This is such a sidebar left, but whatever. (laughs) Because they're not on Instagram, they have friends 
who to tag them do hashtag hey MK, hashtag hey Ash. So then they have like a running so they, oh, oh, like oh, okay. photos you could search as their friend group. Somebody figured it out one day and kind of like announced like if you want to see these girls in their like natural habitat, search hashtag hey MK. So I did. And it was a fun K-hole. <laughs> Sorry. But Sorry. Brittany. Brittany. Shall we jump to today and the most recent reason we're upset? So upset, Amy. Justin Timberlake wrote slash... I don't want to say right, but there's a book. There's a booklet. A booklet. It's a pamphlet. <laughs> he basically pamphlet. wrote the equivalent of a pamphlet. So we both listened to a podcast that I am now so thrilled that oh. I am subscribed to. It's a podcast I never would have subscribed to, but since we were doing this subject matter this week, I did, and now I'm hooked on the podcast called Hold On One Second, We're Talking About Britney Spears. This is a podcast everybody must, when you're done listening to our show, immediately subscribe to. And it's, yes, they talk about Britney, but just in general, these are two stand-up comedians, Ashley and Claire, as the hosts they're hilarious, and they talk a gamut of things yeah. besides Britney. But the Britney insights, you come for, you stay for the comedy. Yes. They are us, but younger, thinner, probably prettier. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> prettier. Like, up off. Okay, I listened to an episode where the one girl was like, oh, I just ran 18 miles before this episode. Okay, I could run 18 miles. In one? If somebody was chasing me. <laughs> Okay, like mile three, wouldn't you be like, oh my god, whatever, give up. Okay, but the episode that we have to talk about is episode 46, titled Ariana Grande is Right and Justin Timberlake is Wrong. Heck yes. You listened to this and you told me like I had to immediately go, and you were not wrong. This was a gem of a podcast. I love how on their show, they kind of say, like they start theirs off with like, how did you... How are you like Britney this week? Like, how did you live like Britney this week? So it was funny. just so great to hear them and hear their fun girl banter and just their standing of Britney Spears and how she can do no wrong. Now, for you older millennials or zennials out there, standing is being a big fan. Or so Stan is a fan in, in the cool kids lingo. So if you remember the song Stan from Eminem, it's a stalker fan. Oh, is that what I, I didn't know that that was a mashup <laughs> word. Yeah. See, no, I'm 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 an older Zennial. I'm not cool <laughs> enough, and I just thought that maybe I should explain it. Yes. No, 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 but yeah, stalker fan. Um, clearly didn't go well for Stan in the Eminem song, but this these days, a Stan is just super fan, basically. Yes. So yeah, these girls are super stans of Britney and are ride or die. So obviously they Ariana Grande is in the title of the episode. They start talking about her with Pete, um, Davidson. I always want to say doctor, it's Pete Davidson. And is, was her relationship with Mac Miller even real? And they were talking about Hollywood relationships and how they think that obviously we've known for years that publicists make a lot of relationships. Yes. But sometimes you think just like in casting a movie, you put two people together because they have chemistry and it seems to work. And then sometimes in real life, it mm-hmm. does bloom. So they were speculating a lot about Ariana Grande and then you know, Mac Miller and just all Big of it. Sean. And then she has a song out just released called Thank You Next. Uh, thank you to all of her exes who have taught her 
One taught her love, one taught her patience, one taught her pain. But you know what? She's a do-her for a while. And so it was kind of like, man, Brittany didn't even get to live in a world where she could write a song and be like, no, 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 Justin, fuck you. She had to be quiet about everything and he could run the gamut. And now Ariana Grande is running her narrative. And the best part is at the end of the song, they're like, She's like, well, if this doesn't work out, at least I made a banger. Exactly. She she even knows she's about to go make money off of these guys. And like, thank you. Next. And I thought they just had, they stopped for a minute and had a really insightful conversation, too, about just breakups in general and, you know, not harboring hatred for your exes. And that was delightful. Then they talked about how, you know, Ariana Grande has... Not had a public meltdown yet and talking about how Britney kind of is the ultimate cautionary tale Uh for a younger celebrity or a kid celebrity transitioning into adulthood. Some of them do it really beautifully, like Mandy Moore. Yeah. And Britney obviously had a tough time. And you look now, you know, Ariana Grande's had some setbacks, but she's transitioned pretty well. But for Ariana Grande, there's a Debbie Lovato. Yeah, and some people might not know. And I, it took me a long time to realize. I thought Ariana Grande just was a singer one day. But she's from the Nickelodeon show Sam and Cat. Yeah. And then really, like you mentioned, like her transition. Fan base knows. Her fan base knows. I don't know if her fan base is currently listening, so I thought I would provide some insight. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, she is a child actor who has come up through the ranks. And now, stadium tour, or you know, big arena tours, and huge songs and punchlines on SNL. Well, yeah, thanks to her ex-fiance. Yes. Uh, But, by the way, she has been on SNL a few times and slayed, not only as a singer, but she has done some skits that, I mean, she's been brilliant. She is an amazing impressionist, and I think that that is something everybody needs to stop what they're doing and go check those things out. I mean, her hosting SNL, and I think she also performed at the same time, Every now and then where you're like, we have to watch that nun one. That nun skit. Nun, please. (laughs) We are so off topic. We're everywhere tonight. But let's get to the meat of this episode. meat and potatoes. Hold on one second. We're talking about Britney Spears. And this is the juice, the goods, because these girls read the Justin Timberlake book, Hindsight and All the Things I Can't See in Front of Me. And they had thoughts. So, now we do say book. This is a 18 by 18 inch coffee table book. This is not the man's autobiography. This is no, is everybody hanging out without me and other thoughts by Mindy Kaling. This is no bossy pants by Tina Fey. No memoir. No memoir. Do not expect to be entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Expect to get mad. Expect to be angry. (laughs) The way... These girls were when they realized that this was a bullshit coffee table book that was forty some odd dollars. They were like forty. I missed that. It was forty. I'm pretty sure they said it was forty dollars. Oh they were like, "Fuck you." Oh god. But so they cleverly decided that they were going to go read the book, but they were going to do it in a different way. One was going to start from the front. One was going to start from the end. They're going to meet up in the middle and then tell each other about the book on this podcast and their recaps. Tea was spilling everywhere. It was so good. (laughs) So good. So funny. Justin Timberlake sounds like an insufferable person. I think they even referenced him as a sociopath. Like a psychopath. psychopath. He's a psychopath. I, from listening to it, get narcissist out of it. 
I think that that is probably the most accurate word to describe Justin Timberlake, despite the fact in the book he explains that how oftentimes, and he's forgotten how many times, he can't even count, people ask him to describe himself in one word, and he can't. He's so much more than one word. One word couldn't even begin to describe him. Could you do that? It is horrible. Right now I can describe myself as annoyed. Annoyed! With Justin Timberlake. And he's a narcissist. So this book made headlines just in the pop cultural sphere a couple, I think it came out in late August, maybe about a month ago. Um, Everybody was like, here goes Justin again talking about Britney. And while he doesn't mention her by name in the book, he talks about how he wrote Crimea River in two hours after he had just had his heart broken. And like we said before, we all know Crimea River is about Britney. So, again, in 2018, in your fucking book, you gotta talk about Brit. Meanwhile, Brit has made her own return. She had a Vegas show that went great. She is now doing a tour. Yep. And now, just recently, well, she's a workout fiend and her body is sick as shit. But just recently, she posted an Instagram video of herself doing backflips, and there's a Justin Timberlake song on the back. Yeah. She makes no reference to it. It's just like a good jam for the Mm -hmm. routine she's doing for her video. So while she is just moved on, like she got through the Kevin Federline years, she's had a couple boyfriends since... Now this new one seems to be sticking. This new one seems to be good. She's just going on and living her life and not dissing him in any way. And he cannot stop talking about her and especially talking about her when he needs to promote his own yeah. shit. He has to use her. He fe- it must be like he doesn't feel confident without continuing to take her down or use her as a clickbait moment yes. when he is talking. And... I don't know the status of him and Jess, as he continues to call her in the book. We all know her as Jessica Beale, his wife, how she feels. But if I had a husband who every time he was on TV was dropping his ex's name from literally 17 years ago, I would have the longest discussion as I threw his shit out on the lawn. Right, or even implying strongly, like, yeah, you, you didn't use her name, but we fucking see you, Justin. Why are you so obsessed with her? Mm-hmm. Those are questions that he needs to ask a therapist about. Yeah, and that's why we continue to, you know, Brittany v. Justin. Are we Team Brittany? I'm Soup's Team so Brittany. So Team Brittany. And like I said, I thought I was a fan of Justin, but I have realized recently the man is trash. Yes. And this book sounds trash, too. I highly yeah, recommend you it. go back and you listen to this episode. The girls really pull out so many great quotes from the book that make you just think that Jaden Smith wrote it. I mean, it is literally like, what is time? How lucky are we? All Jess and I have our time. We share it together. I mean, they do some really great deep dives of how he's just a fucking liar. Because it's like, I didn't meet Jess until this one day, and then the world stopped. And they're like, oh, but here's a photo of you and Jess from three years prior. She's at your birthday party. You knew her prior to the date you mentioned. And... A whole thing about maybe how Jessica Biel didn't know she was pregnant at six months. There's like a whole thing. But like the book is 100 some odd pages, maybe 200 pages, and 40 actual pages of words. The rest are just pictures. I assume of him. I do think we should call out, and you mentioned it to me the other day when we were talking. 
he thinks he's really funny. He thinks he's really funny. He thinks he's really funny, and apparently he kind of drones on and on about how he and his best friend will just do bits around the house when they're hanging out and how great it is, and he and his friend are always keeping each other laughing, and most importantly, how great it is for the world that he and his best friend, Jimmy Fallon, get to perform these personal skits for us. Get up off. I did I did not ask for that. <laughs> I, look, some of your shit on SNL was funny, but hearing you pat yourself on the back and basically jizz on your own stomach about it. Right. Like, go away. Yeah, I think we just, like you mentioned, have to say, Brittany is doing her, and she does not. She doesn't need him? She doesn't need him. She, she need never drops his name the way mm-hmm. he does with her. And so I think we continue to say, Team Brittany. And in the words of one of the most famous YouTube videos of all time, Leave Brittany alone! <laughs> Sorry, that was probably super loud. That's okay. But I think you can tell in our celebrity check-in number two, Brittany v. Justin, I think you could subtitle it, Justin is trash. Justin is trash. Absolutely. Okay. Trash is as trash does, so we are going to put it outside and let the garbage man come pick it up in the morning. Hey, look, if the insoles didn't troll us last week, let's see if the JT fans will come for us this week. Hashtag no tagging. Hashtag, we'll see what happens on Instagram. Right. So, if, hope you guys enjoyed our little deep dive into those two. We'd love to hear other celebrities that you're interested about and kind of want to see where they are. And basically, our hot takes on them because... Our check-in. Our check-in are fun. Okay. So, let's move on. Do you want to talk about what we individually listen to and do a few pop-ups? Yeah, that would be great. So can I go first? Yes, please, ma'am. So this week, um, I listened to a podcast called We Met at Acme. And this is under the Dear Media Network. And so Dear Media is owned by Michael Bostick, his wife, Lauren Everett's Bostick, of the Skinny Confidential, partnered up with the, the... Agency out of California. I can't remember their name is. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Good one. Like a branding architecture, like agency for influencers, podcasts, like a new media version of an agency and decided to create their own podcast network, Dear Media. So their focus is bringing female voices and stories to the forefront of podcasts. So love I love their show, love all of their stuff. We like Adderall and Compliments, The Bitch Bible, As Seen on TV with Jilly Hendricks. Knew that those girls were all part of the Dear Media team, so I thought I would give another podcast a listen. So it was called We Met at Acme, and it's hosted by Lindsay Metzler. It's all about millennial dating in New York City. Mm-hmm. So um, we are millennially dating in Florida. So what are they doing up north? We're trying. <laughs> We're trying so hard, guys. So um, I was scrolling through, and I was like, ooh, episode 47. Hosted with the comments by celebs girls, Julie and Emma. And this was really funny. There was a lot of great dirt and behind-the-scenes info about comments by celebs. Did you know celebrities will send them Instagrams and be like, look, I commented on someone's page. Aren't I funny? <gasps> ah. Uh-huh. I was like... That's like when they call up the paparazzi and maybe drop their having dinner at, say, a Ledoux. A Ledoux. So they would not say who it was but they said that they have like dozens of celebrities that will forward them conversations and screenshots and be like look how funny me and my celebrity friends are and they're like oh 
No. I'm guessing these are more like Jax Taylor type celebrities rather than a Nicole Kidman. I'm sure Nicole Kidman is not. Um, And they did say that once Kelly Ripa got a hold of their Instagram and name dropped them on Live with Kelly, they both, I mean, they're 22 and 23. The one girl had to put her like doctorate program on hold (laughs) because they're so popular. Her mother must be so proud. I think they probably are. But, like, once they got talked about on TV, they were just, like, blowing up, like, 10,000 new followers in an hour. Sure. Like, insane. And now they have three whole different Instagram pages. But on the show, they decided to talk about dating apps and, like, the stigma of dating apps. So the host, Lindsay, was saying how she and her boyfriend met on Hinge, but he hates saying that. He wants to say that they met at a party because the day after their Hinge date, they did run into each other at a mutual friend's party. And they were like, oh, without the dating app, we still would have met each other. Like, let's do that story instead. And she's like, no, no, man, we met on Hinge. You got to tell your truth. You have to be honest. So then they also started talking a lot about, like, open relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. So one of the girls from Comments by Celebs mentioned she was in an open relationship her senior year of college. Her and her boyfriend were going to different schools. And so they were just like, you do you, I'll do me, but when we're together, we're together. Okay. And I was like, could you do that now? Like, people do, you know. People do. I like to read weird places on the internet about polyamorous relationships and open relationships. People do. I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's for me either. And she was saying that she's not a very jealous person, so it was easy for her. But I have seen, like, documentaries about polyamorous relationships and couples and the amount of talking they have to do with one another. <laughs> yeah. sounds, sounds like a lot terrible. of work. Like, oh, when you went out on a date with your other boyfriend last night, it made me feel X. Oh, well, when I know that you went over to your girlfriends to have sex, I was fine. I'm like, oh my God, it's so much fucking talking. I cannot do it. No, you know. That's not no. for you. But I will say that the podcast was really funny. I really liked the host, and I thought this was a really cool, fun addition to my Britney Spears week. Fab. What did you listen to? Um, I've got something super lady-focused, but a little bit, a little bit more serious. I listened to This American Life today, and I have to say, I had another podcast punted up, ready to go for today as my pop-up, but I listened to this, and I was like, I'm going to kick the can of that podcast, Okay. and I really want to talk about this episode of This American Life. It's number 661. Uh-huh. So in five episodes, we have to figure out what they're going to do. They're going to skip what's going to happen. But anyway, it's titled... But that's what happened. And I just have to read you the description of this episode. Stories of women in unsettling situations. When they try to explain what's wrong, they're told that they don't understand, that there's nothing unsettling about it. Okay. So I think that without even knowing the circumstances of this conversation yet, I think every woman immediately relates to that. Yeah. I think we've all been in a situation where... We've been told we're reacting crazy or we're overreacting and the gaslighting factor is, I mean, that just immediately struck me. And listening to the episode, there were two different stories. Typically with This American Life, it's one, but this one is broken up. It was still an hour podcast, but it was like 45 minutes of one and about 15 minutes of the second one. So the first story was from a woman who grew up Mormon and really 
exposed some kind of dark stuff that goes down for young women in the the Mormon church. And please hear me right now. I have friends that are Mormon. Oh, I, yeah. I, I'm so, not trying to drag on Mormons. I, uh, but she just exposed something that was happening in, a little bit more often. So she grew up very devout and loved her religion and um, got to an experience. And I didn't know this happened. Just like Catholics have to... Um, confess to priests in order to be washed of their sins. I didn't know this, but in Mormonism, they do that as well, but they do it face-to-face with their bishops. They don't do it in the confessional booth. We can choose. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah. But um, I guess it's mandatory for Uh Mormon youth to to confess to their bishops, and they are very... I guess they're they're very honest, and um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in the Mormon faith, there's supposed to be full chastity before marriage, and any sort of um, even urge or masturbating or any experience that you have, you have to tell your bishop about. And then moving even farther than that, your bishop writes you recommendations for, say, your mission, or if you want to enter a Mormon college. And so there's this layer of, I can confess. If I don't, they might push me harder. And anyway, this woman was talking about how she realized that she and her friends were saying very personal, you know, they're talking, some of these, some of them were being honest about the fact that they had had sex with their boyfriends or girlfriends. Uh Uh-huh. And the way they were meant to feel about that from the bishop. And it surprised me that they were so honest that these kids didn't lie. Yeah. That they all came forward and told their bishops the absolute truth. Because I think it was that fear of God. Mm-hmm. Of if I lie to my bishop, it's going to be a whole lot worse than what I'm going to have to deal with. But then she went on to talk about how now in her adult life, she's since left the Mormon church and um, talked to several others kind of in the same. But for her own self... She left the Mormon church, but she still has this weight upon her when it comes to sex. So she said, I did choose to lose my virginity before marriage. And now because of just this deep sense of what happened, every time I have sex, I feel guilty and bad and dirty. And she talked to some other women who, you know, in the Mormon faith, they really talk about how sex is really only for procreation's sake and it you and your husband uh, are coming closer to God and you're supposed to think about how God is. Oh, oh. Yeah, and it's like, that's super not sexy. So weird. And then there was some salacious stuff about some bishops that may have taken things too far. And uh-huh. I guess in the church, they changed some of the wording for the bishops in the 70s about being a lot more explicit with young children, like underage children what exactly did he do with his hands on you? Did oh. you use your mouth? Did, you know, very explicit. And that some people were coming forward and having concerns that the bishops were perhaps gaining pleasure from. And then there were some stories about, especially uh, male bishops with young men talking about masturbation. Well, maybe let's explore masturbating together. So, you know, maybe oh. some very salacious things that haven't really come full forth, but there are stories out there. But she explicitly talked about herself and how it's always made her feel guilty now about sex, having to divulge this at such a young age to a grown man. Uh-huh. And then they had um, somebody from the from the 
Mormon administration, if you will, on the show, which I thought was really fair of them to talk about how the language has changed again for the bishops about like now a parent can be in the room. You don't need to be as explicit with children. It can be more about what do you think in your thoughts? But anyway, how the damage is done for her. And as an adult, she just has this um, weirdness that she still needs to work through, even though she's left the church. But then the second story um, I was really fascinated by, um, it starts being told from the point of a man who was in a doctoral program, and he talks about how he was learning to he was being learning to be a surgeon. He was in a room with a um, professional surgeon. He was the student teacher. He was in a teaching hospital. Yeah. And the woman, yeah, the woman was already out and on the table, and she was having a gynecological procedure done. And so the surgeon, which is normal, performed a gynecological exam on Uh her first, and then turned to the student and said, now you try it. And so he did, and that, you know, that means insertion. Yeah. And, uh, but then in the middle of the exam, the surgeon walked away. He didn't coach him. He didn't walk him. The surgeon walked away and did some other stuff. So this guy realized he was standing there with his hand inside of a woman who was passed out on the table and had given no consent to this and stopped and walked away. They performed the surgery. He said he got up the guts later to go to the surgeon and say, Hey, please in the future, if you you know, supervise me when I'm supposed to be supervised, I felt very uncomfortable. And the surgeon was like, What are you talking about? And then this guy kind of uncovered that this is a normal practice in teaching hospitals when a patient is out, you know, they're not a cadaver. This is a great learning experience. So the man called his sister, who was also in medical school, medical school. and a year above, and asked her about it. And she went, oh, yeah, I've done that several times. It's a great way to learn. And then went, oh, mm-hmm. holy shit. Um, maybe this isn't okay. No. She was like, and I had never really thought about it. And I think it's so different that as a woman, uh-huh. you know, performing those um, procedures on women who were out, she didn't think about the consent issue. And then she said, you know, it's the same for men in a rectal exam situation that that happens. And so then she needed to, in her final year, do a research project. And she wanted to do it on this issue. And the medical community came for her. Like, this is how we teach. And she wound up uncovering a lot of stuff and about how, you know, we as women, you may not realize, you go under, you go for an exam, you may realize that you're in a teaching hospital, but that type of exam is, look, inherently awkward. And to have, uh, you know, students practicing on me without my permission when I'm asleep it feels like something that needs to be given pre-consent for. Okay. So she did some research and she found out that like 80% of women would be very upset to find out that it happened uh-huh. without their permission. But more than half of women said, in like the 50s, so not an overwhelming majority, but like 53% said, I would allow that if you just asked me before. Totally. Oh, I'm in a teaching hospital like this you know, and how, you know, especially for men, learning to do a gynecological exam on a woman is inherently awkward. Uh-huh. If you don't know what you're doing, yeah. yet, you have to learn for the first time what to feel for. Horribly awkward. But they have to learn, right? We have yeah. to continue to teach young yeah. doctors. So, look, it was a fascinating episode. Both stories just had me enraptured. 
So This American Life, number 661, but that's what happened. Yeah, that is what happened. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, I would give consent, but if I came up and, like, woke up after a surgery, and you know when you had a gynecological exam, you know for the next couple of days. But here's the thing, if you're already in for gynecological surgery, no, you're not going to know how many different people examined you. We're inside, yeah. So, yeah, and I had never thought, I mean, if I had found out about it later and I wasn't yeah. Asked before I think I would feel violated. Yeah. I get that it's medical study, but yeah, you know, it's my body was super, super touch, super touchy. Yeah. So I was really interested with that episode and I super recommend it. It oh. just was released this week. Nice. All right. Well, good stuff. A lot of lady stuff going on today yeah, from Brittany sure. dating, gynecological issue. I hope everyone's palate is cleansed right up till the end there. Cleansed palate. I think. Maybe we'll go listen to some Slave for You, Toxic, Lucky, Every Time, and reset ourselves and come back next week before the Thanksgiving holiday and provide another little pod. Yeah. Maybe uh, hit me, baby. One One more more time. time. We shall see. We'll do a whole musical episode. It'll be great. Amy and I will sing. You'll 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 love it. You'll love it. You'll all cheer. Everybody is happy. (laughs) You'll play it at the Thanksgiving table. We get it. We know. But until then, everybody, thank you for listening today. And do not forget. Be kind. And rewind. Bye, guys. It's Brittany, bitch.